A wonderful Wednesday to each of you, and welcome once again to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. In the post game last night, Jared Jackson Jr. said, Don't weather the storm, be the storm. And while that may be from Kevin Hart's new Netflix um, show, the thing is, is that it is a perfect summation of last night's victory for the Grizzlies in a storm of struggles and overall sloppy play from both teams. Jared Jackson Jr. was the storm and made the key difference for the Grizzlies on his historic performance and the Grizzlies ending November on a good note before a very important start to December. That and much more on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Let's go. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, a wonderful Wednesday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter, the show at Locked On Grizz. Make sure you check out the podcast wherever it's available, free on all platforms. Listen, review, and subscribe. Spotify, Stitcher, the Odyssey app, Apple, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be. My name is Sean Coleman, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years, riding form at Grizzly Bear Blues, but also, of course, here, your host at Locked On Grizzlies. And also want to remind you, we're here on YouTube now. Hit that subscribe button below. Makes the overall experience for everyone the best it can be. Also want to remind you of our title sponsor for today's show, and that's Truebill. Listen, we all love we all love different things that we can subscribe to, but Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want, and it can even negotiate you better deals on the subscriptions you do want. Check out Truebill today. So last night, the Grizzlies went to... Uh, went to Canada. The first time that they had been to Canada in a few years, obviously, with COVID and the pandemic and things such as that. And it was a really fun opportunity because of Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, others just in general on the team who have not been to one of the more popular NBA cities in the league. But it was a really cool opportunity for the Grizzlies. But also a little bit of added emphasis was a bit of revenge in mind from last week in the Wednesday game before Thanksgiving. The Grizzlies played an outstanding first half of basketball, but unfortunately it was the Raptors that won the game due to an even better second half of basketball. And I mentioned in yesterday's show in the preview that two things needed to stand out. The Grizzlies needed to feature Jared Jackson Jr., who had an outstanding first half against the Raptors in that Wednesday game, but unfortunately was not able to repeat that in the second half. But the Grizzlies also needed to defend the three better, plus make sure it was the Grizzlies that had long stretches of the game where they had the best player on the court. Well, the great thing is all three of those things came true last night. Overall, it was it was a pretty sloppy game, for lack of a better way of putting it. Both teams, despite trying over 90 field goals each, shot under 40% from the field and under 30% from three. But the thing that really stood out for the Grizzlies was the fact that both in the first and the second half, clearly the best player on the court was a Memphis Grizzly. In the first half, the Grizzlies you know, went into halftime with a 50-39 to 39 lead. In the first half, it was, it was Desmond Bain. Four threes, only the second time in his career he had had four or more threes in a half, 16 points. He absolutely was the best player on the court 
for between both the Grizzlies and the Raptors. But the other thing that stood out was the Grizzlies' defense. For the, for the second straight game, they came out and absolutely set the tone of the game. Between the game against the Kings and the first half against the Raptors, the Grizzlies held both the Kings and the Raptors to under 40% shooting or under 35% shooting from the field and under 25% shooting from three. One of the best stretches this Grizzlies defense has played all season long. And thankfully, it went right over to the second half of the game. Though the Raptors did find a bit more offensive success, the Grizzlies once again had the best player on the court, and his name was Jaron Jackson Jr. Overall, Jaron finished with 25 points, five blocks, and four threes. It was the first time this year that a player had had five blocks, at least five blocks, and at least four threes in a game. And it wasn't just about this year. Jaron's not only the only person to ever do that in Grizzlies franchise history, he actually has done it now twice. He's the only play, he's one of only three players who have now done that multiple times in a game since he's been in the league. The only other two are Kristaps Porzingis and Brooke Lopez. But that's the thing about it, was that Jaron Jackson Jr. once again was the best player on the court. And if you recall that I mentioned a few times over this, you know, start to the season, Jaron Jackson Jr., we want more frequency in him stepping up and being a difference maker. Well, let's go back over the past two weeks. The difference maker, he was the difference maker in the second half against the Jazz. He was the difference maker in the first half against the Raptors on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Against the Kings, a decent game as well. 17 points and nine rebounds in 22 minutes. But last night, he clearly was the best player on the court. That's four or five times where it, over a, a complete half and a couple of times over a complete game, Jared Jackson Jr. has either been the best player on the court or has been a difference-making talent on both ends of the court, and that made all the difference in the world for the Grizzlies. So not only did the Grizzlies have the best player on the court at all times to allow for them to win the game. But it also came to their team, overall team play and activity as well. Yes, Desmond Bay was the best player in the first half, while Jaron Jackson Jr. was the best player in the second half. But the defensive activity of this team, led by Dylan Brooks, who had four steals, also made a key difference in the game. The Grizzlies were able to produce 10 steals, 13 blocks, and 18 offensive rebounds. It was only the fifth time the Grizzlies had had 10-plus steals, 10-plus blocks, and 15 or more offensive rebounds in a game. The reason why that is so significant is because it's not only the defensive activity that made the difference, but the Grizzlies also, their effort allowed for them to consistently win the 50-50 balls. The Grizzlies' activity on the defensive end and their effort on the offensive end to get the rebounds is what allowed for the possessions overall to stay equal and allow for the Grizzlies to be able to have the opportunities they needed to to at least make the shots that they could, though overall they struggled shooting from the field. But another big key was that the Grizzlies also were very disciplined. There's not been many times this year where the Grizzlies have had more free throw attempts than their opponents. One thing about the Grizzlies is that they're just not one of the better teams in the league at getting to the free throw line. But they only allowed the Raptors to have 12 free throw attempts in last night's game. The Raptors were 9 of 12 from the free throw line. The Grizzlies were 16 of 19. That means the Grizzlies made seven more free throws than the Raptors. The Grizzlies won 
by seven points. So it was not only their defensive activity, not only their offensive effort in getting rebounds, but the discipline of this team, the discipline of this team to be able to play good defense both on the perimeter and in the paint without fouling, and that really stood out to be the difference in this game. So once again, an overall team effort. And the other really encouraging thing is that on Sunday, it was the offensive effort of the Grizzlies. We talked about their passing, their assists, the accuracy in their shot. It was a victory offensively for the Grizzlies on Sunday. Yesterday, when the offense was not at its best, it was the defensive activity and effectiveness and the effort that stood out for the Grizzlies. Just like when Jabarant went down at the beginning of last year, this Grizzlies team has proved to itself with two straight victories, especially on the defensive end, it can find multiple ways to win even without its star player. And that's got to be a huge confidence booster and a huge launching pad for this Grizzlies to go into a very important month of December with a high level of confidence. We'll discuss why December is going to be so important here in just a second. But before we get to that, do us when it comes to you and, and your ability but to be able to improve the overall ability of your company to you know, reach out and, and have the opportunity to find candidates that can match your company, indeed, is a great place you to go. While there's always going to be a debate between LeBron and Jordan, when it comes to helping you find higher all-star talent yourself, the GOAT is Indeed. And if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you where you really want, that gets you who you really want. A short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can hire can help you hire the right people at, at right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Make sure you go to Indeed.com right now. Get started right now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offered through December 31st. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The great thing about it is also, though, is that when it comes to you wanting to improve your daily diet, listen, if you work at a company where you want to improve your employees, you want to go to Indeed. But if you want to improve your daily diet, you want to go to Built Bar. It's a great opportunity for you to get a healthy snack that also tastes great. Have it in the morning for breakfast, have it in the afternoon as a snack. And if you go to Built.com right now, you can put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Make sure you check out Built Bar today. On tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, listen, it's great that the Grizzlies defense is back, you know, at least to a level where it's being effective. And it's great that the Grizzlies are being able to find enough success offensively. But what did the Grizzlies need to do to get their three-point shooting back on track, which has certainly struggled over the past several weeks? We'll look at that. Plus, previewing the game against a Oklahoma City team that, while competitive, is a game that the Grizzlies really need to win with how important the start of their December schedule is. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So let's get into why. I've mentioned a few times now that the Grizzlies schedule, when it comes to them entering December, is so important. And the reason why that is is because I know we're only a fourth of the way through the season. But right now, when you look at the Western Conference, the Suns and Warriors right now are tied with the best record at 18 and 3 apiece. They take up the first two spots in the Western Conference. The Jazz are at 14 and 7. 
right now. They're third. But after that, in the fourth spot right now is the Dallas Mavericks. And into the fifth spot, that's right, your Memphis Grizzlies. But while four spots, it, it, it spots one and two, the Suns and Warriors are tied atop the Western Conference. Four games back are the Jazz in the third spot. And then three games back of that are the Mavericks in the fourth spot. So the Mavericks are three games behind the uh, Jazz for third place in the Western Conference and seven games behind the Suns and Warriors for first or second. It seems like the Suns and Warriors clearly are going to be the top two seeds in the West. But between the fourth spot in the West right now and the tenth spot in the West, only a half a game separates those teams. And while teams have different records because they right now play different amounts of games, only a, a half a game separates the fourth spot in the West and the tenth spot. More than likely, the seven teams that make up those seven spots, they're going to remain the seven teams that will be looking at being in the playoffs, either in the play-in or the playoffs, once April comes around. But it's very, very important that we're this early in the season to realize just how crucial head-to-head -head matchups between one team, you know, in the fourth through tenth spot right now and another team in the fourth, two tenth, fourth through tenth spot right now just how important those head-to-head -head matchups are. And the Grizzlies have several of those important matchups in the month of December. And it starts off right with the bang. When it comes to the Grizzlies, yes, they'll start off with a game against the Thunder tomorrow night, which will be December the 2nd. But after that, the Grizzlies will then play at Dallas on December the 4th. They'll, they'll play at Miami on December the 6th. And then they'll come back and face Dallas again on December the 8th. And the night after that, they'll face the Lakers on December the 9th. And then following that, they'll have games against the Rockets. The 76ers will come to Memphis. The, the Grizzlies will then be on the road against the Trailblazers, once again against the Kings. The Trailblazers will then come to Memphis, another game against the Thunder. And then to round out December, we've got the Warriors two nights before Christmas, the Kings once again the night after Christmas, and then on the road against the Suns, the Lakers come to uh, Memphis on December 29th, and then the Grizzlies will face the Spurs on December 31st. So I know that that was a lot of different games, and obviously we'll update you as time goes on. But the reason why that is so important is because among those seven teams that I mentioned that are within a half a game of each other in the Western Conference, the Grizzlies have two games apiece against the Mavericks on December the 4th and December the 8th, they did have two games against the Trailblazers on December the 19th and December the 15th, and they've got two games against the Lakers on December the 9th and December the 29th. So in the month of December, the Grizzlies have six games where they will directly be facing another team that right now is in that 4-10 to 10 spot where a half game separates those seven teams. And so while the Grizzlies are certainly going to stay in those standings, and those standings are certainly going to remain close well into next year, the big key is, is that these head-to-head -head matchups, these determine tiebreakers, they determine seedings, they determine different things that will impact positioning when it comes to the playoffs. So while there may not be separation necessarily created right now, the Grizzlies will be building a resume when it comes to potential tiebreakers, playoff seeding, things such as that, that really could help them be in a favorable position once April comes around. 
But the thing about it is also this, is that there's also a couple of other tough games. The Grizzlies play both the Warriors and the Suns. Arguably, you could probably make a case to the two best teams in the NBA right now. The Grizzlies will be playing them within a five-game stretch right around Christmas. So some fun matchups for Grizzlies fans, but also a very tough matchup that you hope by that time, Ja Barrett will hopefully be back and be somewhat healthy. But besides the head-to-head matchups, against other Western Conference teams who are jumbled up right now and how important those head-to-head matchups are and a couple of difficult matchups against the two best teams in the NBA. The Grizzlies also have a couple of games in there where they really need to win. Because so much of the December schedule is either against other teams that are fighting for playoff position in the Western Conference or the top two teams in the NBA – Plus, you've got the Heat and Sixers, who are among the best teams in the Eastern Conference. The Grizzlies do have games like tomorrow night against the Thunder, and then on December 11th against the Rockets, and again against the Thunder on December 20th with a couple of games against the Kings as well in December. The Grizzlies need to win the games that they are expected to win. It's critical that they do that. Because even if the Grizzlies for some reason do struggle, maybe they go 3-3 three and three or 2-4 and four or overall against teams that are at their level or better than them, they go 5-5 five and five or 4-6 and six or something like that in the month of December. If they could have a winning record against the two games against the Thunder and against the two games against the Kings and the Rockets, if they could have a winning record in those five games where the Grizzlies should win, that'll make the impact of a less-than-ideal performance against the teams the Grizzlies are fighting for playoff position against, beating the teams that they're supposed to beat will allow for them to be able to weather the storm a bit easier when it comes to teams that they're competing against in the playoff standings. So December is going to be a very important month for the Grizzlies. I understand that that's probably going to be the same thing said about January, uh, February, and March. But here's another big key when it comes to why it's so important for the Grizzlies to have a successful month of December. Two things. Number one, if the Grizzlies can continue to play where Desmond Bay, Jared Jackson Jr., and Dylan Brooks are stepping up with Job Rat out, they're stepping up and they're being more consistent with high level of play, that's only going to make things better once Jaw returns. That's a huge development. The Grizzlies being able to remain competitive and win games because their defense is stepping up and playing at elite levels without Jaw in the lineup. That's going to be even better once Jaw arrives. But another big key is, is for the Grizzlies is taking advantage of being able to play at home as often as they are right now. Because once the schedule moves over to late January through late March, the Grizzlies are on the road a lot of times during that stretch. And you're also running into the part of the schedule where several of these younger Grizzlies, they've not ever played this long before in a season. So the Grizzlies need to take advantage now of improved defense, of other players stepping up and playing at high levels. Even if they're without John Morant, the Grizzlies know they can be competitive. They need to be able to do it as consistently as possible over the month of December for them to be able to not only gain confidence, for not only them to consistently play at a high level, and then watch Jaws back, they can do that confidently, but also put themselves in as best a position as possible before the schedule gets a bit harder since they're on the road a lot during the first three months of next year. But of course, another thing that also will help out is the Grizzlies reserves stepping up and playing to their best level. Last night, DeAnthony Melton really showed out, despite not shooting well, nine rebounds, and once again, being very active. But another player 
is returning to form, and it's been great to see. Despite the fact that Brandon Clark was out of the rotation for much of the start of the season, now that he's back in full form and in a full, you know, in, in reliable rotation spot, he's played back to the level that really made him one of the best rookies in the NBA two years ago. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But the other thing that I can tell you is this. When it comes to you, and I know that the Grizzlies are probably a fun team to bet on right now with the wide variety of different results that you get with them. If you're a fan in general of betting and wagering, there's no better place to go than betonline.ag. Listen, the holiday season is here, but that means there are plenty of opportunities to be able to enjoy betting and wagering. You've got NBA, you've got the um, NHL, you've got the football, college football bowl games, as well as the NFL home stretch. Whatever you decide to, to wager and bet on, BetOnline is the number one place for you to go. The new updated website is very easy to use. And if you go to betonline.ag right now, you use either your mobile device or your laptop. They'll give you a 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code locked on. Make sure you check out betonline.ag today when it comes to all your betting and wagering needs. Again, on tomorrow's, forgive me, a little bit under the weather today, but always fun to talk about the Grizzlies. And that's exactly what we're going to do tomorrow. Tomorrow, once again, discussing while the Grizzlies are finding ways to win games right now, and it's getting back to them playing good defense and them being able to find ways to create advantages, they really need to also regain their three-point shot. Desmond Bain has certainly done that, but what could the rest of the Grizzlies do to step up and improve their overall three-point shooting, plus what the Grizzlies need to do to be able to get a victory, a third straight victory, against the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow night at the FedEx Forum? So the thing about the Grizzlies is this, is that we talk about the three-point shooting, the ability to shoot it and defend it. We talk about their defense, but the other really strong aspect that I think correlates well with the Grizzlies winning is that despite John Morant playing well, despite Jared Jackson Jr. playing well, the starters in general played well. When the Grizzlies bench is played well, that really makes things easier for the Grizzlies in terms of their production. And the thing that also stands out is that now the Grizzlies, with Dylan Brooks being back and even with Jaw being out, the Grizzlies have a good idea of what exactly their rotation looks like. And the part of that that really helps out is a strong bench that includes Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, and of course, Brandon Clark. Now, Brandon Clark, obviously, was out of the rotation for quite a bit um, to start the season. The Grizzlies were trying their best to figure out what roles they wanted players to go with. And so Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman were switching in and out when it came to their production. But since basically towards the middle of this month, since the middle of this month, Brandon Clark has really stepped up and made it clear that he is the third, or if you want to call Kyle Anderson a true big, basically he's the third or fourth true big. But in my opinion, besides Jaron Jackson Jr. and Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark basically is the third most important big. Brandon Clark is stepping up and once again showing that he is an advantageous player when he is on the court, especially against other bench units. But it's not just me saying that. It's truly the numbers suggesting that he is back to his level of performance that he was during his rookie season. For example, during his rookie season, when Brandon Clark was one of the most efficient rookies in the history of the league when it came to scoring, he shot 61.8% of field goals from the field. This season, he's over 60%, 60.8% once again. His rookie year, Brandon Clark made 65.8% of his two-point shots. This year, he's making 66.3%. Once again, his true shooting percentage and effective field goal percentage, each of those are at elite levels 
compared to the rest of the league. He, and the other big thing about it is, is that it's not just his scoring that has really stepped up. This year, Brandon Clark has the highest rebounding rates, the highest assist rates, and the highest block rates of his career. So it's not just that Brandon Clark is stepping up and being a more consistent scorer like he was his rookie season. He also is doing things across the board to help the Grizzlies win games. Listen, I know I've talked about it before, that others had talked about potentially starting Brandon Clark because his numbers were so effective with Jared Jackson Jr. when they were on the court. And a big reason why is because the, the defensive level that they had played with. I had mentioned, though, that I was a bit skeptical of just how effective they would be consistently against the best lineups in the league because a lot of their production was because, was coming against second-rate players, or se not second-rate players, but but reserve players, second the, the, the second lineup players, the bitch players. Those type of lineups were where Jared and Brandon Clark were being effective. But listen, even if I'm not that convinced that a consistent pairing of Jared Jackson and Brandon Clark would make all the difference in the world against other teams' starting lineups, that does not water down the fact that Brandon Clark is back to being that advantageous bench piece that I talked about so often, many others talked about so often from his rookie year. If Brandon Clark can continue from the Minnesota game a few weeks ago where he clearly was a difference maker to just simply being a consistent source of scoring and, and finishing when it comes to being a lob threat or being able to be a versatile defender, what, someone that could go out on the perimeter and defend, but also that can rebound and alter shots on the defensive end. If Brandon Clark can simply be a consistent source of efficient scoring, but also efficient activity, that's all the Grizzlies need. And they need that from their bench so that Brandon Clark could not only create an advantage against other reserves, but also if Steven Adams were not to be effective or if Jared Jackson Jr. were to be in foul trouble, Brandon Clark could then step up into a more featured role and play well against other teams' best players. That, to me, is a key difference between Brandon Clark now, obviously between him last year, but also between him and his rookie season. Yes, he still may have been in his rookie season a bit better, more efficient score. You know, he did obviously have higher scoring rates that year. But Brandon Clark now versus Brandon Clark then, it's not just all about his scoring. It's also about the other little things that you can trust him to do. Play good defense, be a finisher, make smart decisions at the rim, make good passes. That type of Brandon Clark is a more complete version of himself than he was his rookie year. And that version of Brandon Clark is what, in my opinion, you can trust more against other teams' starting lineups than you could his rookie year. So while, yes, Brandon Clark likely should continue to see the majority of his minutes with players like DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson off the bench so the Grizzlies really can create advantages when the reserve units of teams play against each other. I do think that the Grizzlies are right in featuring Brandon Clark more in high leverage and closing lineups because let's be honest, right now, the combination of him and Jared or the combination of him and Kyle is probably more effective than any type of combination with Steven Adams. That's nothing against Steven Adams. It's just what the numbers suggest right now. And in a season where the Grizzlies have continued to put an emphasis on development and have continued to put an emphasis on finding out what lineups make the most sense together for their future, you know what you've got with Steven Adams out there on the court. And it's not advantageous. It's not a benefit. It's not being effective. You know also what the numbers suggest about Brandon Clark. 
Why not continue to play him more? Why not continue to test the boundaries of just how effective he can be because his efficient scoring prowess is back this year from his rookie season, but also the little things to support that part of his game are there as well. Brandon Clark, he's not only made the case that obviously has worked for him to be the guy between him and Tillman to be in the lineup consistently, but he's now starting to make a case to truly be someone that the Grizzlies should probably even trust over Steven Adams, and they should feature Brandon Clark and how well he's played, even if it's mostly against other reserve players to create the biggest advantage. In a pitch, they can heavily rely on Brandon Clark for a significant stretch against other teams' best players because of how complete his game is rounding into form, and it's great to see. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Check me out at StatsSAC on Twitter. Check out the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter. You can find the podcast wherever it's available. You can also find us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.